Welcome again to Coaching Matters, the monthly cycle training podcast to help you get the most from your cycle training. My name is Neil Simon and we welcome back Paul Winkley, an ABCC Level 3 cycling coach and owner of Merlin Cycle Coaching. In this podcast we're going to look at where, why and how of turbo training. So Paul, shall we start with the where? Thanks Neil. Now, before we start, please ensure you don't have any medical issues. If you have any doubts, complete a physical activity readiness questionnaire. You can find these online. And if you answer yes to any of the questions, seek medical help before you undertake any training. One general point is no matter what type of trainer you have, ensure it's set up securely on a flat surface and that at no point anything comes adrift even when you're sprinting flat out. If in doubt, ask someone qualified or consult the instruction manual. Right, health and safety briefing over, let's go. In an ideal world, we'd all have a purpose-built room in which we do our training. You'll need a place well ventilated, where the temperature is cool. An outbuilding or garage is ideal. But if you need to train inside, ensure you can open a door or window because yes, you are going to get warm. But we all know what sweat is, don't we, Neil? Sweat is just fat crying. I'm so glad you've been paying attention. You need to create some airflow that's missing from riding on the road. And an electric fan is perfect for this. Nip down to your local electrical or DIY store and buy a pedestal fan, which is best and needn't cost a fortune. If possible, leave your turbo permanently set up and create a space where mentally you go to train. What other items do you need? At a minimum, you'll need something that measures heart rate. A model with a chest belt is ideal. Exercise trackers or smart watches that take pulse from your wrist aren't really suitable. The rest will depend on if your turbo trainer measures other things like power and speed, or is just a basic model. But something that counts cadence, pedaling speed in revs per minute, is handy and saves you from counting. If you upload your performances via a device such as Garmin GPS, even better. It will help monitor your performance and progress and also helps coaches like me understand your progress to adjust your training schedule. Another thing to consider is resistance. And I find it best if your trainer is adjustable to set this so that it feels just like riding on the road. Try to always keep this the same by taking a note of any settings. And if using a model which uses your bike's rear wheel, always use the same tyre and pressures. For all trainers, including direct drive, you can check using a rundown test. Pedal to a set speed in a set gear and time how long it takes for the trainer to stop. Make a note of the setting and time. Ensure this is always the same. That way, your performances are measurable and you will be able to gauge your progress. I've heard some people train with power measurement rather than heart rate. Which is best? all depends if you have something that measures power output. If you've got it, use it. There are many types, crank arm, pedal, rear wheel hub and chain set based systems all have their strengths and price points. But at the time of recording this, the SRM chain set based system is still considered the benchmark. 
But getting back to your question, of course you can use both. I sometimes mix my client sessions and there are merits for both. Power output expressed in watts is more accurate because it measures effort immediately. But because heart rate always lags behind effort, it's easy to overshoot a training zone. Okay, Paul. Let's move on to the why. The turbo is a useful tool and can be used during poor winter weather or dark evenings, but it's also used for racing event warm-up. The thing about a turbo training session is it's completely measurable. No cars, no road hazards, just a continuous ride. And to that end, because there is no rest, it can be a good training block in a shorter time. I'm not saying the training session is easy, just more intense over a shorter period. You should always be able to complete the full session, but feel just on the edge of your capability to get the correct effect or adaptation, as we say in coaching terms. I guess that brings us on to the how. I've broken this down into seven easy to follow rules. Rule one, know your numbers. By this, we mean your personal heart rate or power zones or both. These are usually expressed as six training zones from recovery to eyeballs out. Now, a good coach can find these for you or advise you, but you might need to do a little hard work. At Merlin, we use the British Cycling Ramp Test and also the Threshold Test to calculate our riders' zones accurately and also offer this as a standalone service. Details are on our website. We also ask our riders to self-test regularly so that we can adjust their zones if necessary. I'm afraid 220 minus your age to calculate maximum heart rate doesn't cut it anymore. There is enough online information and reading matter on the subject. That said, I've also put a simple formula to approximate maximum heart rate calculation on the Merlin Cycle Coaching blog page and other supporting information for this podcast. Rule two, because the turbo can be tough mentally as well as physically, never ride without having a plan of the session you are going to do. Ensure you've not just eaten. A delay of a couple of hours is good. Three hours is textbook. Never just ride or after a few weeks, your trainer will be sitting in the corner gathering dust or up for sale. Rule three, never repeat exactly the same session. Always progress what you did last time. You can do this by adding time or another interval or reducing recovery between your efforts, but do this gradually. Rule four, you don't have to be alone. You might use one of the online training programs such as Zwift that we covered in the last podcast or go to an organized group session with clubmates or cycling friends or you might find a spinning class either at a gym or a specialist center. Rule five, silence is not golden. If you're training solo, Find something you like to keep you company while you train. It might be a video, music, it might even be political speeches. Whatever you like, you'll probably need headphones though, unless you live in a very detached house or have understanding neighbours. Rule six, if you find turbo training boring, you're not trying hard enough. And that's a direct quote from an ex-Tour de France yellow jersey wearer. Rule seven, 
And I hate to bring this up. Failure happens to us all. It might be caused by fatigue, stress, illness, injury, or a whole host of things. Don't beat yourself up over it. It happens to everybody. Rest, assess, try again is our motto. And trust me, when you ace that hard session, you'll feel great. Right, Paul. We're all rearing to go. How do we start and what's best to do first? Ready to start? Okay. So the turbo is set up and secure. You might need a riser block, a brick or a chunk of wood under the front wheel to bring the bike level depending on model. I'd recommend you have a drink handy and a towel to wipe any perspiration. It's good to drape this over the handlebars. It's important to warm up properly. I usually prescribe 10 to 12 minutes. Start in a low gear and bring cadence up to around 90 RPM over the first few minutes. Hold to five minutes, then maintaining the same cadence, gradually increase the resistance by coming up through the gears on the bike to bring your heart rate up to mid zone three. After a couple of minutes easy, you're ready to start. There are specific drills for developing endurance, strength and speed, but think of your body like a new car. Until you've run in the engine, it's best not to over-rev it. So at first, if you're new to turbo training, try a few easier sessions. A great source of training can be found on the British Cycling website, and I've put a link in the blog for these. At the end of the session, don't just stop. Ensure you warm down for at least 5-10 to minutes in an easy gear at around 60 RPM. Well, Paul, I think that's more than enough to get us all started. Where can we find you if anyone has any questions and needs advice about turbo training? Well, of course, you can find me at merlincyclecoaching.com. My email is coach at merlincyclecoaching.com. And I announced all the blog posts that we do on Twitter, which is MerlinCoach1. Thanks, Paul. And thank you for listening. Join us in December when we'll be giving you handy hints on how to survive the festive season. And we'll also reveal what's on our list to Santa. Until then, stay safe and keep cycling.